Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LBJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside is LPJ professional and Legends Tour player Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? Um, kind of bored, actually. I want, I want to get back to normal. I'm, I'm a little bit, we were talking about this off air, and, you know, as I know, everybody's uh, a little frustrated and, um, you know, wanting to uh, to to sort of get back to a sense of normalcy, if you will, with, uh, with everything that's going on. And I know, um, uh, I'm, I'm sure on some levels, I'm sure you're feeling a little, uh, frustrated well as well. How about you? You know what? I'm doing okay. I've got so many things that I want to do that I would never have done. Right. Had I been giving 60 or a hundred lessons a week. So, um, <laughs> I just, I, you know, again, you, now we're hearing bad news or worse news or grim news, if you will, that it's going to take longer than we anticipated. Um, I just hope that people will just sit and stay home and so that this can't spread anymore. So that's what we have to hope for, that people will stop and listen. Yeah, they, they've, um, just to give a, a, a very, very quick update, uh, you know, some of the areas in the United States, um, some of the uh, borders crossing into states now, they're, they're ramping up a, a little bit of security, if you will, with uh, the state police and, and obviously um, uh, and other more local municipalities. Uh, they're trying to prevent, uh, I know down here in, in the Florida area and, and uh, along the, the Emerald Coast, uh, one of the other, as I mentioned to you just a few moments ago, one of the hot spots is Louisiana um, has been experiencing, especially out of New Orleans, uh, experiencing a lot of uh, uh, concerns with uh, with this COVID-19. So they're trying to prevent them from basically leaving the state and, and coming into other areas, and potentially spreading it. So, um, yeah, it, it's very uh, it's very nerve-wracking for a lot of people, and I know a lot of people are getting... Um, you know, almost like claustrophobia, you know, having to be stuck in the house or, you know, in their little circle. But um, we just have to bear through it and, and hopefully it'll it'll clear up uh, quicker than sooner. But, um, yeah, it it's definitely affected everybody. And uh, even if you don't have it, it's uh, it's made you, you know, change. Uh, and as you said, you know, you're able to do some stuff. And I'm the same way. You know, I'm able to do some things now that maybe I normally wouldn't have been able to do. So, but, uh, but anyways, uh, we want to welcome everybody to the show and don't, to start you off and depress everybody, but uh, anyways, we got a great show for you this morning. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, in a little bit uh, by Marvel uh, Barnard. Uh, she is the national president of the LPGA Professionals, and she's also a member of the PGA of America. Uh, she'll be joining us on the second half, uh, but the first half, Cindy, we're going to enter once again into the no BS zone, and we're going to talk about some of the challenges that women face and have faced in the golf industry. And 
I was reading a very interesting uh, uh, article, if you will, and it talked about uh, there were actually eight uh, women in the article, and uh, so I thought I would just mention and some of the some of the uh, areas of discussion that we're going to we're going to cover uh, is uh, everything from launching uh, a golf business uh, to access for uh, young girls in junior golf, uh, a little bit about tournament play. Uh, one of the examples I'm going to give is uh, talks about uh, a woman's uh, golf clothing line, and uh, and obviously pay inequity uh, or inequality, excuse me. Um, so we're going to talk about some of those things. But um, what I'm going to do first, Denise, I'm going to read out uh, one of the uh, one of the articles, uh, segments of the article, and then get your comment. And the first one is actually about two women that we know very very well, Pia Nielsen and Lynn Marriott, uh, who are uh, the Golf performance gurus, if you will, and authors of four books. They're also founders of Vision 54 and ranked among, among uh, Golf Digest 50 greatest teachers. And there's really three parts to this sort of couples uh, a few topics. And I'm just going to read this out very quickly, Cindy, and then uh, we'll, we'll have our discussion. But um, the first one uh, sort of hurdle, if you will, was uh, when they were writing the book, uh, Every Shot Must Have a Purpose. And Lynn talks about going to a booking agent in New York uh, with some ideas and a draft, and was told that she should probably rewrite it as a book for women golfers. So needless to say, uh, they were very, very disappointed in the message uh, and uh, sort of walked out a little frustrated. But uh, on a positive note, a few weeks later, uh, she got a call and, and uh, the publisher had changed their mind. Uh, but this is an issue that doesn't maybe happen as much anymore, but certainly does. And then also, uh, I want to add into this here, and then we'll, we'll sort of cross this. I said a couple of points here. Uh, Nielsen also recalled the time that Lynn Marriott took the uh, player aptitude test, or the PAT for short, uh, to become a member of the PJ of America. Uh, and that was an obstacle uh, that she felt needed to be uh, overcome. And uh, one of the things that, of course, she had to play at the PJ National in Florida, uh, but played from the same tees as the guys. So there was a little bit of disparity there. And... Uh, so this was uh, sort of another one. And the last one here, uh, Nilsson herself faced another issue when she started coaching. Uh, she became a head coach at Sweden for women's uh, teams in 1990 and had the exact same job as her colleagues on the men's side, uh, but was suggested that her pay should uh, be lower. She was able to overcome that as well. So it really talks about a, a number of different things. Uh, women in, in, in business, uh, uh, women obviously that want to play uh, competitively or or certainly uh, teach competitively, uh, that there's some disparity. So I want to get your thoughts on this. Let's talk about um, really, because this is something that you'd be familiar with uh, for sure, and that is, you know, having to, uh, you know, earn your status, if you will, to be able to uh, teach the game. You had to obviously go through a PAT and, and so on and so forth uh, when you were uh, becoming an LPGA professional. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you think that that's right in her case, you know, having to play from the same tees, if you will, as the guys for that? Because obviously we know there's a lot of physical differences uh, between men and women. Um, what are your thoughts there? And then we'll talk about the, uh, the pay inequality. Well, that was 30 years ago. And right. they don't do that anymore, needless to say. Right. You can now play, you know, they move the tees up for the PAT if you're a PGA member trying to become, um, a, you know, a PGA of America member and you're a woman, you get to play from shorter tees. So I don't right. think that's 
relevant right now. I don't believe that um, I can tell you that of the top 100 teachers in the country or the world by Golf Magazine or Golf Digest Magazine that there are very few women on the list. But again, what I would say to you is that that list, Here's a here's something that I would love to talk about, and the discrepancy okay. is most of the people on the top 100 teachers list teach tour players. Right. They almost all of them, you know, become famous because they teach someone who's in a slump, and then they start to play better, and then they, the teacher becomes famous. Mm. But there are millions or thousands of hundreds of thousands of teachers who teach, you know. Mrs. Smith, who can't catch a ball, how to hit a clean airborne and straight on purpose and enjoy playing golf with her family. So I don't agree with how they pick the top 100 teachers or the top 50 teachers, Golf Digest, whatever it is. But I will tell you that there's way less women on that list than there are men because there are way less women who teach tour players. Now, I have taught some tour players. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, my husband and I were very instrumental in helping someone uh, win the PGA Tour Comeback Player of the Year Award who was begging for Alan to meet him at the range in between two events, and he made $2 million that year, and he had to make 800000 to keep his card, and he never even thanked Alan in public. Right. So I don't. I have helped uh, someone win the Symmetra Tour money list, and and win the last tournament of the season to secure that position, and was never even thanked publicly, and never charged right. them. So it's kind of like this Brandel Chambly thing, whining about mm. teachers and the best teachers. He, he, there was something on Twitter or something, I guess, that Brandel right. was talking about of how. People, you know, teachers are ho-hum, and, and David Ledbetter came back right. at him and said, you know, I remember helping you get right. uh, <laughs> try to figure out your game, and oh, by the way, the check's probably still in the mail. So I don't <laughs> love helping tour players because you don't get paid or thanked by most of them. They don't appreciate you. So why would I try to help somebody who's not going to appreciate what I'm telling them? I'm not saying they're all like that, but there's, you know, no. what I have found is that's the case. So, so yeah. now we're going down a rabbit hole because you're saying, well, how come there's not a lot of women in the top teaching list of golf mag- magazine or golf digest? Well, there aren't because they don't teach a lot of tour players and maybe tour players don't trust women. You know, maybe they don't think the women know as much. I, I can tell you my what? husband's smarter than me when it comes to the swing but I am way smarter than him when it comes to the mind. So right. we are a perfect pair because he's going to do, you know, the technical skills of being able to hit a shot and I'm going to help pull it out of you so you can do it on purpose when you need to. Right. Exactly. And, and that's a great point. You know, I, we'll, we'll just talk about this for, for a second more. Um, you know, you, you are exactly right. And, and obviously, I understand it. You know, there's a certain element uh, or perceived element of prestige, if you will, when you're teaching uh, uh, tournament players. And the problem is that is, yeah, it, it gets you a name in the business. But um, 
it, you're not really, um, as you said, appreciated in the long run. And I, I, don't, I don't think it's intentional on on behalf of some of the, the tour players just in, to come in their defense a little bit. I think that sometimes they get caught up in themselves and they just forget, you know, it's kind of like forgetting where you came from. And, uh, you know, you once were in a slump or you were once were having, uh, you know, some, some really uh, tough struggles and somebody comes along and, and sort of pulls you out of that, that funk, if you will. Um, I think it's, it, it sort of behooves that person to, to come back and say, hey, you know what, Cindy Miller or Alan Miller or, you know, whoever uh, really helped me with my game when I needed it. So, um, yeah, it, it's like any profession. I think sometimes you go very unappreciated um, and you, you kind of sometimes wonder, well, you know, am I really doing good here? You know, because I don't feel like I'm getting the, the recognition. But, um, you know, I, I think what it is, and you're right, I, I know that the, the, the PGA of America, and this was not to, you know, slam any organization in that. I just, I wanted to show some of the, the challenges, not necessarily are they all going to be present, but some of the challenges that women have faced in the golf industry. And the other one is, is pay uh, inequality. Uh, and, you know, and I'm not even referring so much, you know, you look at the tours as an example, and I understand their, their analogy and, and uh, and, and why they say that, but I have an argument against that. And, and what I'm talking about is you look at the purses, for an example, between the PJ and the LPJ. And I know that the first argument is, well, you know, we're getting much bigger viewer, uh, you know, bigger sponsors and this, that, and the other. Uh, so obviously, you know, we're going to be able to afford to pay more. But I look at this way, you know, from the ladies' tour perspective, if you are a manufacturer of equipment, with some very creative marketing and very effective marketing, you can encourage people to go out and spend four or five, six hundred dollars on a driver that can't even play the game. If you're able to market a product such as that, <laughs> then why can you not go out and say to sponsors, "Look, we've got one of the best packages out here." Am I not right? And, and again, I'm not trying to slam anybody. I'm trying to put things in perspective. Because when you look at there, in my opinion, there is no excuse. These ladies, whether it be on the Symmetra, whether it be on the, the regular LPGA or on the Legends Tour, these ladies have gone out and earned that right to do so. And I think when you're you're looking at a purse of $125,000 uh, for the winner um, compared to $1.2 or $2.2 million on the men's tour, um, these ladies are playing with the same golf ball, the same golf clubs. There is no excuse that the, the gap should so certainly, it doesn't out, necessarily have out, to, time yes, out, sorry, I'm, time I'm sorry. Time out, time out, time out. So <laughs> I agree. I agree. Right. Okay. <laughs> but who's signing the check? So what you have right. to do, I mean, we can sit here and bitch and moan and whine and complain about it, but we have to say who's signing the check and why would they pay us to come there? What do we give them? So needless to say, let's pretend there's a, a fat, bald, pale chauvinist pig in the, at the head of a company, okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> and he gets to bring Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson and, um, oh, what the, you know, a bunch of them, right? Patrick Reed. Right into town and write a check for $10 million or $20 million or whatever, however much it is, or he gets to write a check to bring in 
you know, Michelle Wee, who's not playing right now, but you know what I'm saying, all the women. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Brittany Lincecum and the sisters, Cornish sisters and stuff like that. You have to say which one gives them more bang for their buck. How many, sure. how many women play golf? So here's the issue. How many women play golf that can write the check? And if you want to sell the women's event, you need to talk to the man who's writing the check who has a wife and a couple of daughters who want to play golf. So you right. have to twist the whole sales package around to give them a benefit. And, and so, again, this is not going to sound good, but the Legends Tour, and I've run for the Legends Tour board three or four times and I've never been voted in. And part of the reason is because I'm not a superstar. You know, who's Cindy mm-hmm. Miller? Oh, she lost her card after three years. Oh, well, she can't play. But, but Cindy Miller can teach. So Cindy Miller right. can go make the sponsor's wife and all of her friends and all of their daughters learn how to play golf and enjoy the game for a lifetime. Oh, maybe that's why we should bring her in. Absolutely. Use me. Right. Use me right. for my skills and talent. But, see, they don't see it that way. They say, well, she never right. won a tournament. Who cares about that? Well, that you're thinking about it the wrong way. So right. It's that's a business decision. My argue, it is a business decision, and, and it's okay. Right. And don't get emotional about it. Don't get, you know, feel bad about yourself and have a pity party. Suck it up and make yourself have more value. That's what I would say. So should the, should the purses be equal? I don't know. Should they be closer to equal? Yes. And you know what? We've got the best advocate in our life ever with Mike Wan in charge of the, mm-hmm. you know, the commissioner of the LPGA tour or the whole LPGA. Right. I mean, there's no right. one that's fighting for us more than him. But it, so you have to stop and say, you know, who's signing the check and what do they want from us and how can we give it? Because if we make them happy, then they make their customers happy and then everybody's happy and we all get what we want. Right. So, sorry. Well, and, and it goes, I went off on a no, tangent no, no, that, on you. No. <laughs> That's all right. So, so did I. So, well, the point I really about this discussion I want to talk about is, and and you you touched on it right there. Um, and and I understand why the the business decisions are being made. But you know, to go back to to your point with the Legends Tour, and, and again, we're not trying to fault anybody or or you know bring an unfavorable light. But I think you're right. I think sometimes you have to put things in a different perspective, and just because you haven't won this or you don't have the the from a a player standpoint um you know you weren't the number one player in the world what have you you bring as you said other skills and talents to it and and those are areas that are equally as important and i think sometimes and this is going to go to the to the next little story here um really to sort of prove this point um is that sometimes you have to look outside of the box and not always come in with tunnel vision And, and here's an example um there's a, a young woman who, uh, by the name of uh, Megan Lamott, and she was the founder and CEO, or is the founder and CEO of a New York-based uh, women's golf clothing line, Foray. And um, what was interesting about this is she was trying to come over uh, sort of the misunderstanding in the business that, you know, um, she was dealing with a lot of buyers in the market who, in the clothing market, who are men, uh, which is fine. She's not arguing that. Um, but she says we have to educate them as to why their customers are underserved. 
So as an example, she gives an example. She says, buyers would say to her, well, we don't have a women's business, um, so we don't need to buy your stuff. Um, and then she would you know, convince them to try it. And then suddenly she'd get all these emails saying, well, wow, we, we've sold out. So sometimes these people in those positions don't understand their market. And again, it kind of goes to the point you were just talking about with the Legends Tour, is I think sometimes we, we, get a, we create a tunnel vision, if you will, and they don't look at the whole picture and say, yeah, okay, we need to have some good players up here um, representing the brand, but we also have to have people in different areas of golf because we're trying to appeal to everybody, not just because not everybody's going to be able to play on the tour, right? Everybody's you know, going to be able to play golf if they choose, but they're not necessarily going to make it on tour. So it's good to have that representation there, but you also have to have representation that people can relate to. And if you can't relate to something, then you're not going to have be of interest, um, and, and that's well, it all what, boils, I'm, what I'm. Yeah, it, it all like, boils down to what problem do you solve, and who do you solve it for? What problem do you solve, and who do you solve it for? Because if if you don't have something that you serve people with, and offer them a solution, you've got no customers. So right, I think, right, exactly. I think a lot of tour players because their only inventory is themselves, if you will, mm-hmm. I believe that Mike Wan has taught the LPGA tour players how to think outside the box and make them aware that it's not all about them. It's about the person that's signing the check to bring them in. And that is what this is all about. So, Again, you know, if you if you don't solve a problem, if you're entertaining, inspiring, uplifting, that's why the LPGA Foundation is doing so well. Why? Because we teach, you know, women and children how to play the game and enjoy it with their families and, you know, play a sport for their life. So it's what do we do for them that makes them want to hang out with us? So that's mm-hmm. what this is all about. But I do agree with you. I mean, I've got a perfect example. I have a shirt business and... Way back when, I don't even know what year, probably 94, 95, 96, um, I said to my husband, hey, you know the head pro at Augusta? You played in the Masters five times. Why don't we send him a couple of my shirts? You know, that was one of these days that I had all this courage. And so Mm -hmm. we did. We packed him up and we mailed him to him. And and I said, oh, don't call him and ask him how he likes them because he's probably going to go, oh, your wifey poo made these shirts. I bet they're adorable, right? Well, I, we waited a couple months and called back, and he, he said to Alan, oh, my God, they're really nice. Why don't you send me a dozen? So I was, like, overjoyed, and I sent him a dozen shirts with the logo on them, and uh, he called back, and he goes, those shirts sold in three days. Send me another dozen. Yep. And that, you know, so, again, he's not sure. He doesn't trust. You know, and then I end up selling 144 dozen shirts for the Masters. Well, thank you very much. But again, wow. you've got to test things out. You've got to see whether or not it works. And you have to finagle your way in the door. And that doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, you know, it's really to, I think what I, what I really wanted to, to do with this discussion was just to point out some of the challenges that, that women have faced. And, and one final one I want to mention, and again, I know, again, things are, are changing and have changed quite a bit, but this really talks about um, this young woman, uh, Marina Alex, who is an LPGA Tour winner, 
Um, she grew up playing junior golf um, the way a lot of women, you know, grew up playing. Um, but one of the, the hurdles that she faced was um, there wasn't a lot of girls' teams. So that meant she had to compete against the boys, which in some ways is good because it, it, it helps them to raise their game a little bit more and, and forces them to. But, you know, I think that when you're dealing with um, personalities and not all young girls are going to be comfortable playing with uh, or even against the boys, certainly not initially until they, you know, they get over the, the initial sort of fear and, and, and comfort level of playing. So I think that what what the industry has to do is really take a, a hard look and say, okay, how can we make it? You know, we want to bring more people into the game, and particularly we want to bring more young girls and, and women into the game as well. So what we represent has to be uh, – and again, it doesn't have to be – you know, if there's 100,000 over here, it has to be 100,000 over here. I don't mean it from that percent, but the image that is projected has to show an image of equality. Um, whereas, hey, if you're a young woman or a young boy and you want to come in and play, um, there's something here for you. And unfortunately, there's still a little bit of that, well, you know, if I'm a young girl and want to play, uh, depending on where I live, um, you know, to, even to this day, um, they don't have women's golf teams. So where yes. do the women play? They have to, right? Go ahead. Yeah, and I know I know Marina. I've played with her. She's been to Buffalo. She went to Vanderbilt with a girl that we taught that played on the Vanderbilt team, and uh, we're friends. So, I, you know, I have a girl that's at Towson University on the golf team right now who played high school golf last year on a men's golf team. It depends. You know, again, it's not the school. It's our job to promote girls' golf enough that there are enough girls that you need to make a girls' team. So it starts with the LPGA professionals and the PGA professionals and the junior golf programs. I got news for you. Um, if there's enough girls in your, in your school district and some of the moms or dads says, hey, I want to be the coach and we're going to start a team, they have to start a girls team. So that's where right. it comes from. You know, so it's our job to promote and create junior programs that makes you know, the game be fun for all these young girls who want to play the game. Right. And, and you're right. And, that, and that's exactly what's happened. I know in, in a couple of uh, communities not far from me where they've done just that is somebody within the community themselves. And that's really what I'm saying. And, and you know, you're, you're exactly right in your, your point earlier. Um, you know, Mike Wan, who has done a phenomenal job as a head of the LPGA organization uh, in, in going out there and, and has done, you know, gotten over so many hurdles and helped to, to do so many things. Um, but, you know, he cannot do it on his own. So it's really an industry um, uh, way, if you will, of thinking. And again, even with all of the hard work that, that you ladies do in the LPJ uh, organization as well, it's still sometimes, it's, it's, it's great, but I think it could be better. I think there's more in other parts of the industry that need to get on board and help because, you know, it, it's great to start up all these, um, you know, junior golf schools here and, and clinics over here, but you have to really get out into the community and say, and don't just, you know, putting up a banner or a poster or whatnot or, uh, you know, an e-newsletter blast and saying, hey, we're starting a junior program here. You've really got to get out and you've got to get people within the community involved more, um, I think, before. Because I think there's a lot of um, young folks that would love to participate uh, in that. And as I've said before, I think one of the issues 
that most people, the perception of golf is what we see on television with the tours or, um, you know, and I think that there's a lot more to it. And, and and this goes back to what I said in the beginning, you know, the marketing and so forth in golf is predominantly, I think, one-sided. And also, you know, you've got these equipment manufacturers. I mean, I would rather them spend their millions of dollars not just promoting the latest and greatest equipment. I'd like to see them promoting other aspects of the game as well um, to make it a well-rounded and balanced. Uh, that's just my thought, but uh, yeah, for what it's I worth. <laughs> for what you know what I'm saying? I, and I'm not knocking it. I mean, you know, they've got to promote their products. But, you know, I, I just think there's there's a better way. And I think uh, sometimes when you've got when you've got too many pieces in the in the puzzle and they're not linking together, that's what I'm trying to say is I think we need to do a better job as an industry to link it together. So hopefully we've opened a um, probably we've probably opened a can of worms. I'll probably get a bunch of hate mail or something later. But oh, well, um, all right, so I see that our, our special guest is ready, uh, Marvel uh, Barnard, so we'll um, introduce her and then we'll bring her out. Uh, Marvel is the national president of the LPGA Professionals and also a member of the PGA of America. As the LPGA's national president, she leads an organization of over 1,800 female golf professionals who serve in every aspect of the golf industry. Uh, known for innovative programming, Marvel is the recipient of the 2018 PGA National Player Development Award, the 2016 LPGA Teacher of the Year Award, and the Nancy Lopez Golf Achievement Award, among uh, many other notable achievements. Uh, she's uh, Her focus and passion is on growing the game uh, uh, of golf for women, and she has brought golf to countless women throughout her career. Uh, she and her husband, Sam, live in uh, Green Valley, Arizona, where uh, she serves as the Director of Instruction at Haven Golf Course. And in her spare time, she's pursuing her master's degree in organizational leadership uh, from Northern Arizona University. So, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Marvel Bernard. Good morning, Prez. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? We're doing well. Have you been listening to us? <laughs> I have. Absolutely. We're solving yeah. the Great problems show. of the world. <laughs> I love it. Would you like it. to help us? Of course. That's what I do. Yeah. I have opinions. <laughs> I, I know. Well, That's why I love you. <laughs> well, we'd love to. Um, we would love to hear some of them. Um, Cindy, do you want to go first, or do you want me? You go first. Okay. Well, Marvel, thank you very much for uh, joining us this morning, and and um, we were we were just having a, a discussion, uh, you know, about some of the challenges that that women have faced uh, in the golf industry. Uh, some obviously past, and and some present. Um, but before we do that, let's so that everybody understands a little bit about what you do, just explain a little bit about your role uh, and what you do as, as the national president of the LPJ. Well, thank you so much for having me on, first of all. And uh, Cindy and I work together on our LPGA's executive committee. So we have six uh, sections uh, across the country and uh, nationally, internationally, I should say, and so you, Cindy leads the Northeast section, and I came out of the Central section and was the Central section president for six years and then ran uh, this last cycle for national president with my vice presidential uh, candidate, Dr. Allison Kurt. She's out in California. Mm -hmm. And um, so in that role, we, we lead the executive committee, we brainstorm, we think outside of the box, we work closely with Nancy Henderson at 
LPGA headquarters mm-hmm. and her staff, and um, we just try to do some of the things you're talking about. You know, we want to grow the game for everyone. We want the game to be healthy, and our professionals, their teachers and their coaches, entrepreneurs like Cindy, uh, we have people mm-hmm. who are head professionals, directors of golf, so really a well-rounded um, membership, which you know, leans more toward the teaching side. Right. Well said. Let me just ask a a, sort of a follow-up then, and then Cindy, I'll I'll bounce it back over to you. What do you see, you know, as president, obviously you, as you said, you, you guys are are, are brainstorming and trying to find different ways of, of, and creative ways of of getting more people into the game. Um, But I want to focus on particularly, obviously uh, women into golf, which is, I know your main focus. What do you see as some of the, the ways that, you found to be most effective for getting women interested in playing the game. And then hopefully at some point, um, you know, whether through conversations or through, you know, just seeing how everything works, um, maybe getting some of them that have, uh, you know, a knack for it, if you will, uh, into the teaching side. I mean, everybody of course would love to play, uh, you know, out in the tour and battle it out with the best, but not everybody's going to be able to do that. So first off, what are some creative ways that you guys have come up with to get them into the game and then what do you try to do to encourage those that are interested in to teach? Well, my clientele tends to be an older demographic. I'm here in a retirement right. area, so most of my group are, are in the 55 and up range, I would say. Uh, what I really focus on is getting them comfortable at the golf course. And I've hosted several events. We call them in the industry. They're the invite her events and you get people out to the course and you know I think women like comfortable when I go into a department store you know I like for the I like to be greeted I like the surroundings to be nice you know I mean I'm going to buy a lot if I feel good in the department store (laughs) so it's the same thing in golf if you get a female to the golf course and she feels comfortable and welcome and then becomes interested in the programming that you're developing. And you have to make it fun. It can't just be golf clinic at 2 o'clock. You know, you say right. chips and sips, and you get a glass of wine after the class. And believe me, in the, my demographic, if you add wine, <laughs> you've got them right there. <laughs> right. So I think it really does start with, with comfort and then creative programming and engaging them and having something for them to do next, next, next. Cindy, would you agree with that? I agree. And and did we tell you that Marvel won the Player Development Award for the PGA last year? Mm -hmm. So she knows how to get people into the game. Yeah, she's a rock star in more ways than one. So, (laughs) So, again, you've got two servant people here, Ted, who absolutely want to help people enjoy and master the game of golf and learn to play it for a lifetime. So, Marvel, why do you do what you do? Oh, man, I love it. You know, I I came into golf late. I didn't start golfing until I was almost 40. And I really can relate to people who drive up to a facility and think, oh, my gosh, everybody in there knows everything and I know nothing. And so I relate to that crowd and I, I want to help them overcome their fears and you know in the LPGA we have so many of our members it's like you were talking that you know not everyone teaches tour players and hardly anyone teaches tour players the rest of us are out here 
growing the game and keeping the game healthy on a grassroots level. And so, so part of our role in the LPGA professionals is to support those women who are doing just that. How can we make sure they are well-educated, um, have the latest uh, technology education and everything that they can have in order to support that cause? You know, the girls golf program that you were just talking about, they've they've got over 90,000 girls now that have gone through. And some of the statistics on that are that um, girls now make up 36% of all junior golfers, which is up from 17% mm-hmm. really recently. Wow. So our professionals are supporting that and we support them in that cause. That's fantastic. Awesome. Wow. Ted, go, go ahead, ahead Cindy. Oh, okay. You go ahead. Um, all right. So what can, and this was a question that I sort of threw out there, or not really a question, but I guess a statement when, when Cindy and I were talking earlier, what can the industry as a whole do? I mean, we know what uh, Michael Wan's doing. We know what, what people like yourselves, Marvel and, and Cindy are doing and many of the other professionals in the world. But what about the rest of the industry? What can we do to really, you know, uh, appeal to young women and say, this is a game for you. Um, one of my criticisms is, you know, in a public sense, what we see more often in the media is at the tour level. And that's great. And we love to, to watch these men and women play. But the truth of the matter is, as if you were an outsider and you were looking at that, it looks to be unattainable for most people. So it, they think, well, this is just, you know, that's a really tough game and, and it's just not something for me. How can we, as, a, as an entire industry, um, sort of come together um, a little more effectively? What would be some suggestions that you can think of to really get out there and get more people, not just women, but more people in general back into the game or into the game? That is such a good question. Um, I, you touched on it earlier in the first half hour about how the industry industry needs to work together. We tend to have right. our little silos, you know, one group's good at this mm-hmm. and one group talks about that. But, um, you know, to really sit down and, and work together to um, come up with solutions, get everybody at the table. I get frustrated sometimes when you'll hear uh, there'll be a conversation about the industry and, and the female side of it is not even mentioned. You know, there was just a really right. kind of a neat commercial that just came out from ESPN, how they miss sports and, you know, they have clips of different sports and toward the end there's LPJ players jumping into Poppy's pond, but that was the only female representation in this commercial, right. you know? So it's like <laughs> women are still sort of an afterthought in in that realm but back to your question i think to be sure to have every player at the table and talk about it and promote the fun side and the health side my god our country is really focused on health these days and and golf is a very healthy sport you know you if you can if you have a course you can walk you're going to get over ten thousand steps and i think we're missing the boat on not really linking with that in golf the health aspect of it especially with the younger crowd the millennial crowd Mm -hmm. what about um let me just follow up real quick and then then cindy i'll give it back to you 
let me just follow up with something you said earlier. You, you know, you you talk about where you're logistically located, and and obviously, many of the many of the people playing, particularly women, are of that 55 and older group. So obviously, many of them are are maybe at this point falling into the sort of the grand parent stage of their lives. Do you do or do you encourage programs? Because obviously, sometimes the parents, because they're still actively working, and some of the others maybe are closer to retirement. Um, do you try to offer programs where the grandparents, particularly grandmothers, might bring their young granddaughters with them and have clinics that would have them introducing that younger generation? Because obviously, grandkids want to, you know, hang out with their with their uh, grandparents uh, at an early age. So, is that something that you think would be advantageous, or are they already doing that? You know, that's. I think that's a really good idea. The unfortunate thing here in that regard is that most of the people in our community are the snowbirds, quote-unquote. So they're from right. somewhere else, so their grandkids aren't here. Uh, however, sure. just speaking of grandparents, we just had a really neat thing that got me thinking just yesterday, and that is uh, during this downtime, this enforced downtime that we're all uh, going right. through right now, the LPGA, we're doing some really creative things online. And so we have just started last week a little program. It's not a little program, but where we have our really good rock star junior teachers come on and do a short segment on how you can get your kids up and moving and playing golf in their living room or maybe in the backyard. And we rolled the first one out last week. It was very creative and cute. And then the next one is uh, today, in fact. So I was promoting it on social media, and I had about five of my students here in Retirementville send it out to their families. And I thought, oh, boy, here we go. There's the link for, my, for the older clientele here who are sharing it with their families back in Wisconsin now here we go. We can take off with this thing, you know, and, and so that's kind of a virtual version of what you were just talking about. But that's how we can reach everyone, I think, is through the demographic, the older demographic that has the money, has the time, and now they right. can promote it down to their families. Right. Well, the reason why I pointed that out was because, and I'm I'm sure, I know both of you are uh, are familiar with this uh, area, but um, you know, in Central Florida, we have the villages, and the reason why I bring them up is they have um, on their promotional um, video they talk about, of course, not golf, but they talk about a lot of different activities for grandkids, and they encourage that relationship in the villages and bringing, you know, for because again, you're dealing with groups. Some live there, but some kind of migrate down there from from up north. And I thought, you know, if we had more of that around the nation where communities like um, your 55 and up communities, um, having programs focused on golf where, you know, as when the grandkids, you know, come or encourage them to come at certain times of the year, um, you know, you could offer programs like that. Say, hey, bring the kids out in the golf course and as a way of introducing a, a younger generation. And that way, at the same time, yeah. they're there with family you know what I'm saying? I mean, I know you can't just go to the community and say, okay, we're going to have one day a, a year, but, you know, it would have to be a, a, a continual flow of it. But um, I, I just think that that might be something, too, to, to have um, uh, have that uh, open open the doors for them. Um, Cindy, go ahead. What is the one thing that, again, here's here's what I just heard you say. 
the fact that you didn't start playing golf until you were in your 40s gives you a soft spot in your heart for you to be at the perfect location and facility because you see those people get out of the car and the fear in their eyes and you go up and grab their hand and look them in the eyes and say, I'm going to help you and you're going to be comfortable. Yep. That's my why. (laughs) That is your why. Yep. And I want them to love it like I do and to see the benefits of it like I do. And, And the thing that I love the most of anything I do is when that person comes alone and walks out with a friend and then mm-hmm. has 10 friends and then comes back and plays in a league of 40 people. <laughs> you know, that's how golf grows right there. So mm-hmm. let's go a little deeper into your why, because you and Liz Cooper, who is now working for the LPGA and she's another rock star. We've got a lot of rock stars that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Until now. <laughs> um, so, so let's go a little deeper into your why. Your why, define the why. Does it come from way down deep within? You Is know, it emotional? Yeah, I guess so. It's a connection. It's a connection. You know, for me, I played everything growing up. I played every sport. And I was a good athlete. And I went to college and played college basketball and and when I I then I moved to Alaska and got away from sport and when I came back when I came to golf it was a sort of fluky thing my husband and I were snowbirds and and uh, moved to there came to this little community that we're in now and and everybody down here was golf crazy and so we we tried it and it was a sudden connection back to what I loved so much. And that was athletics and achievement and, and uh, competing with yourself. And it just had so much, just as I'm saying that my heart's pounding because <laughs> I, I just love that side of it so much. And so I was so blessed to be connected with a female professional who really took me under her wing and, and made me comfortable in the game and, taught me the game. And so when I had the opportunity to become a teacher myself, that's what I, I see that in people that it, even women who never had the opportunity to play sports, they will tell me, and I'm sure Cindy, you hear this all the time. Um, oh no, I'm not an athlete. I'm not athletic. And I say to them, we don't know that yet. You just haven't had an opportunity to, to check that out, you know? So I think that's what I relate so much to with them is helping them uncover something deep within themselves like happened with me. You know, it's, it's so true. I think this time that we're being asked to quarantine and stay home and social distancing, again, I think it's been a huge blessing to me. Because I would have never, ever, I have never not taught lessons in March or April in Buffalo (laughs) in 40 years. And so all the things that I, you know, in the back of my head, you know, you should go do this and you should go do that. And again, most of us that, not most of us, but a huge percentage of the LPGA members are independent contractors. Basically, we're entrepreneurs. 
and we run our Mm -hmm. own businesses. So, again, you know, you get these big, hairy dreams and goals that you want to accomplish, and you have no time. And it's like, well, God, I'm getting old. When am I going to do that? And it's like, hello, it's time. (laughs) And Ted's like, I'm bored. I'm like, well, get your butt over here and help me, you know, because I'm not. So... Anyway, again, you just you fire me up, girl. You well, fire that's me so up. funny you should say that because just yesterday, literally, I mean, because I've got all this time now to think, uh, I was thinking my only enemy is time. I've got to hurry and get this stuff done because, you know, tick, tick, tick. But this downtime <laughs> is kind of interesting because it makes you think differently and that's what I'm I'm really enjoying right now working with the the my board here the LPGA board and the executive committee and then our members is the creativity that's coming out of this and it makes you think about your own situation yesterday I saw the greatest video I think it was a PGA professional you know everybody all of a sudden is doing home videos now but she was using Mm -hmm. uh, wine corks as a golf ball and I'm going, okay, there's my little clients down here can play golf in their living room because I know they have wine corks available. So <laughs> there's no excuse. <laughs> I, I would just wonder if they were dry or if they were still a little wet on, uh, on one end. That, I may Let, give a lesson on that, how to deal with, you know, wet conditions with, with the wine cork. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, that is um, awesome. That's fantastic. But, you know, that raises a really interesting and a great point that that both of you make, you know, during this this downtime, if you will. um, It it does, Cindy, as you mentioned, it gives you an opportunity um, because this is the problem in in today's society is we've gotten so busy doing so many different things. And Cindy, as we all you and I always joke about, you you spin so many plates um, and how you never seem to manage to drop them. But um, you know, <laughs> you have to you have to sometimes take a step back, and I think this is really what this is doing is allowing us all to sort of take a step back and not just reflect, but to to reorganize ourselves and and really look at what the important things are. And and you know the fact that we're having to, I mean, really think about it. Thank God for technology, because without technology, you wouldn't really be oh, able to yeah. communicate with anybody. Communicate. I mean, think about this with, you know, as much as we grumble and complain sometimes about technology that is stealing our lives um, and we're not, you know, doing what we used to do. Um, think of everybody cooped up in their house and if you couldn't communicate um, or you were on the old. Now, mind you, if we still had the old party lines that they used to have, and I think we all remember those, that would be interesting. <laughs> but um, we don't have those anymore. So, I mean, it's allowing people to be very creative. I forgot about <laughs> oh, that. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my list. God. If I could tell you some stories, but anyways, um, but you know, the the point is that it's allowing us an opportunity as an industry to be even more creative than we already are, and looking at ways of getting that message out. You know, since we can't get out to the golf courses easily in some cases, and and uh, and and you know, be teaching one on one, it's giving us uh, an opportunity to go on YouTube or go on these other and getting that message out there. So, um, you know, Cindy, in your case, you're able to reflect and, and work on some of those projects that you maybe have been putting off, as you said, for, for a long time. And Marvel, I'm sure the same thing for you. It's allowing you to kind of regroup, if you will, and say, okay, um, here are some things that we really wanted to do with the LPJ organization and haven't been able to just because we're so swamped all the time. 
now we can take a, a second look and, and a third look if need be and, 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 and start to find ways of implementing so that when we do get back out uh, in, in full swing of things, then we're going to be in, in even better shape. Um, what do you think about that, Marvel? Oh, I totally agree. And, and it's, it's not only uh, – <laughs> I've got so much to say about this – it's not only that, it's reinventing how we do things. And, you know, one of the problems in golf these days, it's not really golf's problem, it's, it's a problem with our society, is that we're so fast-paced now, you know, and we want things right now. And the thought right. of playing golf and being away from home for five hours or whatever is, you know, sort of a detriment, I think, and a deterrent to the younger generation. So, I think we have an opportunity right now during this downtime to think outside of the box and reinvent mm-hmm. the way we do things. And if, if the video thing is working, then how can we connect that with, with the green grass when we all go back to work? You know, how can we change this up to fit this crowd that we are perhaps enticing right now? They're home watching this and thinking, wow, you know, this looks like fun. And, and, but, We've got to keep that connection going when we go back to work. I saw a great video yesterday my my rock star friend Liz Cooper sent to me. It was a Simon Sinek uh, conversation he was having with his staff right now, and they were talking about this time, and it's unprecedented. And he said, you know, it really isn't, that businesses have gone out of business because of other things happening for example the example he used one of the examples was starbucks starbucks moves into an area and all the little mom and pop coffee shops with their torn couches and things go out of business because a new game has arrived in town and so he said it's it behooves all of us to be thinking really creatively and doing things differently and um, that we're going to have to to survive yeah, I I think that's 100% accurate. You're you're exactly right. I think we have to be uh, creative, and I think many people are um, ramping it up, if you will. Um, Cindy, any final questions or or thoughts, and and then we have to wrap up. No, but I thank you, Marvel, for being the leader and the friend that you are. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, and your heart, and your why. It's been my pleasure. I really appreciate it. Very fun. Thank you. Well, Marvel, yes, thank you very much for joining us. And we'll have you uh, back again um, maybe a little bit later in the season um, if you're available. But um, we appreciate it and and keep doing all the great work that you're doing. And and thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. Thank you so much. All right. You have a great one. Bye-bye. You know, it, it, just a sort of a final thought, and then we'll we'll uh, again we'll wrap up. But um, you know, she's exactly right. Um, you know, I think that we have to just find creative ways to really approach our uh, not just our business side of things, but our everyday lives. And this has really been a good lesson, I think, for everybody. It's it's a tough lesson some uh, for some, but um, I think it is a lesson for society. I think we've become uh, too fast-paced and and to the point where you know, people don't even enjoy uh, themselves as much because we're so caught up in in, in uh, the everyday grind of life. So, Cindy, you know, um, this, as you said, is, has been an opportunity for you to really focus on some of the things that you've wanted to focus on for a while. Yes, it, it, it truly is. It's like, just stop. Be grateful. Be grateful for your family. Be grateful for your health. Mm-hmm. Be grateful for, you know, it's just stop. No whining allowed. Yep, that's right. 
<laughs> exactly. And I'm grateful for uh, you. Well, I I reciprocate with that. I agree. You know, I, and this is one of the things you know I really enjoy uh, about doing the show is is we get a chance to really talk with some great um, you know leaders in, in our industry and and particularly um, you know some of the women that are are making some great strides and and uh, you know really that's really what I was trying to say earlier on is that I think there is so much more that we can do and, and we're going to continue to do, but um, I think we have to work together as an industry all the way around all parts, all parts of the engine have to be functioning in order for it to run smoothly. So, um, you know, not just a, a, a handful, if you will, of, of people out there, um, um, you know, pushing forward. So on that note, we want to thank everybody for joining us. And uh, once again, uh, thank you to our very special guest this morning, Marvel uh, Barnard, uh, for joining us. And uh, thank you guys uh, for tuning in each and every week. And we'll see you next week on uh, on behalf of the Women of Golf show, Cindy Miller and I uh, want to thank you. So have a good one, guys. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.